This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, what's good? It's another edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. My name is Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for joining us as we get you ready for week four of the college football season. But as always, with a little recruiting twist. If you're new here, please hit that subscribe button. Please rate us. Please review us. We recently surpassed the 100 review mark on Apple Podcasts. So if you could help us get to 200, leave your review with five stars. If you want to include your recruiting question in that review, please do so for a chance to have it answered on this show by one of our analysts on the 24-7 Sports Network. In a brief moment, we are going to catch up with Robbie Falk. Robbie covers Mississippi State for 24-7 Sports and is entrenched in the Magnolia State, he's got a great viewpoint of a new hire, a headline-grabbing move by Dion Sanders, who was announced as the new head coach at Jackson State. Robbie and I are going to discuss what Primetime's recruiting pitch could be in the months to come. One of the juiciest matchups of this upcoming weekend is the reigning national champion LSU Tigers taking on new head coach Mike Leach, and Robbie is going to explain why on-field results could cast catapult Mike Leach into a stratosphere he's never seen before in recruiting. Before we get to those topics, though, let's begin with the kickoff. Speaking of the state of Mississippi, how about quarterback Luke Altmyer, who is currently committed to Florida State? He came out earlier this week with a statement on Twitter, and could it be a trend-setting statement? Altmyer tweeted a graphic, I believe in making an informed decision that will affect the rest of my life. Hashtag lift the dead period. Now, as we know, Twitter has become a big tool in college football recruiting and if you search hashtag lift the dead period, you see a number of college prospects hoping that the NCAA hears their thoughts, hears their voice, and lifts the dead period. So the, the dead period has been extended through the end of 2020. In-person visits won't happen until January at the very earliest. We've seen college football players have their voices heard by starting petitions, by starting movements on social media to get back onto the field. We saw how important that was for the Big Ten Conference in particular. And now high school athletes are taking that into their own hands. Certainly, it's no given that the dead period will be lifted or that the decision by the NCAA Division I Council will be overturned. But recruits are hoping to have their voices heard, are pushing to get back on the road and have a chance to check out some of these options up close and personal before putting ink to paper. We are now joined by Robbie Falk. He covers Mississippi State for the 24-7 Sports website. He's also a high school reporter for the Starkville Daily News. Robbie, how are you doing? 
Doing great, Blair. Happy to talk to you. Happy to be talking about football, man, and especially in the state of Mississippi. Everybody's really hungry for it, and we're about to kick things off this weekend. Yeah, we were talking about this off air, right? How with the SEC returning, and you know, no, no disrespect intended to the ACC or or the Big Twelve or any of the other group of five conferences that I've already kicked off, but with the SEC returning to the field this weekend, it officially feels like a return to normalcy in a way, right? And and we're getting into kind of the meat of of what everyone's been expecting and what everyone loves about college football, right? The the day-to-day news, uh, all the stuff that's breaking, the depth charts, uh, everything that comes along with college football Saturdays is now officially returning with the SEC being back in action. And I know Mississippi State has a huge game to, to kick things off. Absolutely. And in the SEC, football is life. I mean, people were, um, pe- people cleared their schedules. You know, there's no weddings allowed in the South during this time of year. And everybody was really hoping that this would all come to fruition. And uh, the Southeastern Conference did everything possible to make this happen because they know how important football is in, in the South and especially in the SEC where entire universities and athletic departments are dependent on schools playing in, in the fall. And I think in, a, in another sense, you know, there's schools in the Pac-12. I'm, I'm sure you have a better idea, but in the Big Ten as well where football is just the same, Ohio State, Michigan, and those teams. Football is such a huge part of all, our culture in America and especially in these Power Five conferences that – it's, it's really important to get these games played if we can play them safely. And it seems like everything is, is going to plan for the most part. We're seeing a lot of teams that are having to uh, postpone games and things like that. But it seems like everything has been um, okay from a health standpoint. Uh, hasn't been very many uh, serious illnesses from COVID-19 on teams and things of that nature. So, so far, so good. And we're hoping and praying in the South and, and around America that things continue that way. Yeah, and it's going to be a very monumental year in, in the state of Mississippi with with Coach Leach, Coach Kiffin, uh, kicking off their eras. We're going to get into that in, in a little bit. But did want to start the conversation, Robbie, with the, the news, the primetime news that Deion Sanders former, obviously a former NFL legend and and Hall of Famer, now taking over at Jackson State. Now, everyone's going to wonder, you know, how much impact can Deion Sanders have at a historically black college like Jackson State in terms of recruiting, right, and and appealing to the high-end prospects? We saw him offer five-star defensive lineman Mason Smith on the first day on the job, right? So he's going to go after the premier prospects. A few months ago, we saw Corey Foreman, the number one player in the country, include a historically black college in his top seven. So these are conversations that I think that are now starting to marinate and we're starting to see the the recruiting impact that some of these coaches have in the community, but also with some top tier recruits. First off, you being in the state of Mississippi, what was the reaction? Give us kind of the vibe of prime time taking his talents down there. Well, I think everybody was really excited to see some excitement like that, especially at Jackson State. People, uh, especially recruits and, and people that are that were born after the '80s and, and the '90s, they don't understand the 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 weight that the historical black colleges used to have in college football. 
if you look back in time and you look at some of the great players that have played in the NFL in the 60s and 70s and 80s, a lot of those players came from historical black colleges. Jackson State has multiple players in the Hall of Fame. They have one of the greatest running backs of all time. Mississippi Valley State has one of the greatest wide receivers of all time and Jerry Rice. Alcorn State had uh, Steve McNair, who was a quarterback, uh, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. So the historical black colleges um, have a great history and a great tradition in college football. And a lot of people don't really know about that. But I think Deion Sanders and, um, you know, what Coach Payton's doing as well at Alcorn State, they're trying to bring that back in college football and bring the excitement back in, in the state of Mississippi especially and I think there is a lot of interest starting to fuel around Jackson State, and it should be starting to fuel around Alcorn State and other teams like that as well in the state of Mississippi. Um, uh, it's just going to be really interesting to see how all that plays out because I think that the excitement level is going to be really high. I think the interest level is going to be really high. I think they're going to be able to sell a lot of tickets. I, I fully believe that he's going to be able to recruit at a much higher level. But, um, you know, as far as putting that all together, and putting a team together and running a program, that's still unknown. But I think this was absolutely the right move for Jackson State to try to create major interest in the program, and they don't really have a whole lot to lose because the program's been kind of tailing off a little bit the last few years. Interest level has not been very high, and the production on the field's not been very high. So, I mean, they have absolutely nothing to lose but to go get a guy like Deion Sanders that's going to really boost this program. Uh, and, and the uh, the mindset around there too, because Dion's come in and has a winning mindset. He's a great motivational speaker, a great motivational guy, and uh, he carries a lot of weight. Now, I don't think he carries as much weight with a lot of recruits as people might have, uh, you know, in the '90s or in the early 2000s. But people around the country still know his name prominently. So. He's going to be able to build some interest around that program. You know, he's going to be a great and a big hit for parents, right? You, you think of uh, who a coach is recruiting. He's recruiting not only the, the player, but he's also recruiting the parents because they are the ones that ultimately help that player make his decision. So given normal circumstances, if we were in a traditional recruiting period and visits were permitted and were able to hit the road and recruits are able to go out to campuses and check things out, I would assume that Jackson State would become one of the go-to spots for a lot of the the players that are maybe considering schools in that area of the country and and trying to go out and not only you know maybe get some interest from Jackson State but also maybe get a chance to meet with Dion or, or get a chance to meet the other star-studded coaches that that were rumored to be a part of his staff earlier this week and I, I think. For Deion Sanders, it's going to be about getting that first top prospect, getting a, a premier four-star player that maybe turned down some Power 5 schools. You know, we, we saw it on the basketball side with McCurr Maker, a, a top 20 prospect in, in the 2020 class. He ended up committing to Howard, uh, and he had a number of, of big-time basketball offers. We saw, like I mentioned earlier, with Corey Foreman announcing a top seven, and, and although he might not be headed to Howard. He at least included them in his top seven to say, hey, I'm interested in this part of my development. They view me as more than just a football player, and I want to give this school some publicity. So 
you know, even though he, he might be leaning towards an LSU or a Georgia or staying closer to home in California at, at a USC, he's a former Clemson commit. I mean, he had some big time power hitters in his top seven. And I think that's going to be the key for Dion to build buzz, to build some of that publicity and, and to kind of elevate the program. Like you mentioned, bringing it back to, to what it was and, and, and having some more of that tradition uh, given, you know, kind of the modern struggles, I think being able to make some inroads in recruiting land, a, a prospect that maybe changes the tide a little bit uh, I think will be very important when you, when you take into the account into, into account what's happening, right now with the younger ongoing recruiting dead period we're obviously in in the middle of a pandemic so everything has been extended through the end of the year in terms of the restrictions on on in-person visits but when things get back to normal if you would have to maybe kind of gauge or visualize what a visit to a Deion Sanders program could look like, what do you think that's going to look like? Because we've all seen Dion and what he's able to do as a motivational speaker at the Under Armour All-America game down in Orlando every year, dealing with, with all-stars and dealing with five-star prospects and having the dance competitions. I mean, he's a hit with the modern day recruit, but as a head football coach, what, what kind of things do you visualize him being able to key in on? Yeah. I mean, at, at the end of the day, it's, it's going to be really tough for him to sell Jackson state up against power five schools. If that's, if that is his goal to recruit power five players and have a roster full of power five players, or even, you know, division one group of five type players, hit their, their facilities are going to have to change in a major way. And, um, you know, I, I don't see – I don't foresee him coming in and being able to recruit against the Mississippi States and the Ole Misses every single year in the state of Mississippi. But I do think that he can make some headway with some kids that would go to Southern Miss or Memphis or places like that. I do think he's going to be able to have some success with those borderline recruits, guys that are right on the edge of an SEC offer – or guys that already have offers from Southern Miss or someone like that, because it, he is Deion Sanders, and that is going to carry some weight. And I think he's going to bring in some NFL experience to his staff as well. Now, I don't know if it's going to be the staff that was rumored with Warren Sapp and uh, Terrell Owens and all those guys, but that's going to mean something, like you mentioned, to, to parents. They're going to connect with those with those coaches and – the players are going to know what the, that those coaches have their best interest in mind and they know how to get them to the NFL. So I think that will make up some ground for them. But uh, right now, actually, I think they can make up more ground without the visits than they would normally because they're just going to have to communicate by phone just like everyone else. So the relationship part of it is going to be a big deal. None of these kids are able to go visit anywhere. So they don't know what a lot of these facilities look like. They can't compare and contrast Jackson State and, and Memphis or Jackson State and Southern Miss or someone like that. So I, I think he can make some major headway, and he has already gotten an SEC guy on board. I don't know if, if everyone's seen this, but Mississippi State had, a, had a, a cornerback opt out a couple of weeks ago in Javorius Selman, who's from the Jackson area. He opted out for the season, and he announced last night that he was going to transfer to Jackson State. Um, he hasn't been able to take any visits, obviously, but there's obviously been a, a push to get him on campus, and he decided to, to join Jackson State. He was probably going to be a depth guy at Mississippi State, but I, I think he would have played some. 
but that's a big win for for Deion Sanders to get a guy that's that's on an SEC roster uh, that can influence a lot of players in the state possibly too to follow him. That's a good start for Deion, and to do that and his you know second day on the job's pretty big. Yeah, and and I think you know the other side of it is being able to be the coach that's going to bring in players and develop them, right? I know Deion Sanders and his good friend Ed Reed, they like to say they didn't have any offers coming out of high school, that they were two-star prospects or that they weren't rated highly or people didn't give them a chance. Uh, and, and that's, you know, even though that might not be true, right? We, we know that some of these players had some big-time offers, but I, I think they are able to sell that mentality and they're going to be able to build off of that when, when they do recruit and when they start maybe to unearth some, some prospects. I think their evaluations will be very key and, and the way they identify talent is going to be, I think a, a big part of not only him at, at Jackson state, but maybe beyond if he wants to continue uh, his, his head coaching career, we will be right back with much more here on the 24 seven sports football recruiting podcast. Introducing the two way V four where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance with fuel cell. Each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return paired with fresh foam experience, maximum comfort throughout the game. It's lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two way V four gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We are back here on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast, joined by Robbie Falk. He covers Mississippi State for 24-7 Sports, also does a lot of great work for the Starkville Daily News and a contributor for the Associated Press. Now, Robbie, we we touched on Deion Sanders and and what he's going to be able to bring uh, at his new job. But now let's switch gears a little bit because the SEC is back. And Mississippi State has a huge game to open up with the national champion LSU Tigers. It's, it's a tough way to begin the season for Mike Leach as, as he kink, kicks things off. I know in recruiting, it, it, it's, a, it's a key thing for these players uh, to, to not only go in there and, and see a, a program like Mississippi State with a new head coach and, and try to see maybe the examples of everything that Leach has been selling to recruits. Right Up to this point, Leach hasn't been able to maybe kind of give examples. There's been no in-person visits. There's been no recruits at practices. Now they get to put kind of the product on the field. What do you think is the key for Mike Leach as he kicks things off at Mississippi State? Well, I think he just needs to be competitive this year. Um, I'm not sure what your expectations should be for this team. In year one under Mike Leach, there was no spring. They had limited time in the fall to work together. Um, you know, it, it's obviously a major change in philosophy for the players, both schematically and what they're going to do on offense and defense, and, you know, just how they attack every day. This is a much more physical practice uh, regiment that Mike Leach goes through, much more discipline than Joe Moorhead uh, on and off the field. 
Uh, the offense, obviously, is much different with this air raid offense, of course. And on the defensive side, you switch things up from, you know, base 4-3 or, or a 3-4 with uh, what some of these guys have gone through. They've done both of them in their career to now run a 3-3-5 with Zach Arnett. So you're making major changes on both sides of the ball. You've lost some talent on the defensive side, and you have a brand-new coaching staff. I don't know what your expectation should be, but I think if Mississippi State is competitive in games against really good teams and they can win four, maybe even five games in this 10-game SEC schedule, I think you have to feel really good about the direction of Mike Leach's program in the SEC. But um, from a recruiting standpoint, I think, I think players are going to be watching closely to see what this air raid can do in the SEC. You know, if they can put up points against the LSUs and the Georgias and the Alabamas of the world, then players are going to get really excited because now a four-star, five-star wide receiver can come to the SEC um, and, and play for a team like Mississippi State and start right away and also play against great talent and showcase your ability against great talent. So uh, you know, he's already gotten some really good players in in this class at the skill positions on the offensive side of the ball, and that's without even putting a product on the field or being able to host them on visits. I think that's a big deal for Mike Leach. Now if you can put that product on the field, show you're successful, and then get those visits in later, then you're starting to cook a little bit on the offensive side of the ball. But, uh, you know, I, th I think the offense looks good in recruiting so far for Mike Leach. There's some work to do on the defensive side. But so far, not a lot of complaints in Starble with what he's done. Um, but he, he does still have to coach some ball games. A few years ago at Pac-12 Conference Media Day, I asked Mike Leach what – was missing at Washington State, right? Because he was start, starting to turn the tide. People forget that he started his 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 career at Washington State three and nine. Then he was six and seven. He made it to a bowl game his his second year and, and lost to New Mexico. Then he was three and nine again. So you know th this was a rough start for Mike Leach at Washington State when he came over from Texas Tech, and he said the biggest problem was he's not able to get visitors. To Pullman, you know, recruits aren't able to fly up there. It's not a destination town in the Pac-12. Now, shifting gears now, he's at Mississippi State. That's been another hurdle, right? Now the visits have not happened, but that's been out of his control. And when I think of, you know, what they want to do on the field, bringing the air raid, bringing a new level of confidence offensively and, and trying to be attack-minded and be flashy and, and, you know, Mississippi State – the the offense, I think, is going to be a, a very important selling point. Like you mentioned, they have some star playmakers already on board in this class. They're, they're fighting right now to get into the top 30 in terms of the team rankings. Um, but now you add in the, the other variable, which is Lane Kiffin on the other side uh, at the rival school, Ole Miss. And those two are, are personalities in themselves. And, and then you add in the fact that Deion Sanders is in the state as well. I, I think those are three big personas that are going to be not fighting for the same recruits, but I think fighting for the headlines. And I think with Mike Leach, you know, for better or for worse, he wins a lot of those headlines. How, how much do you look into what Leach is going to have to do, not only on the field, but also in recruiting against Lane Kiffin, who's going to be targeting some prospects uh, in that same region? Uh, yeah, I'm really interested to see how the recruiting piece works out. You know, if you go back and look at Washington State's roster, they had a roster ranked in the 70s last year 
uh, I noticed uh, looking back at the uh, at the trusty uh, college team talent tab that we have on two four seven sports. Um, they had a roster in the seventies. Their rival Washington had a roster in the top twenty. So uh, when you look at the discrepancy of those of those rosters, and people start saying, "Well, you know, he didn't have a whole lot of success against his rival." Well, that that's two different worlds. Pullman, Washington, and Seattle—that area is two different worlds. And, and unless you've been up to the Pacific Northwest and and you know what that area is like, and you know what Seattle is in comparison to Pullman, and what Washington is uh, as a program in comparison. Um, it, it's just – it's not even close. It's like comparing Mississippi State and Alabama or Mississippi State and LSU uh, in terms of talent. So, uh, I, you know, you know, a lot of people have used that in a way to say that he won't have success against Ole Miss, but those two rosters are highly comparable. They're both in the, uh, in, in the high 20s or in the mid 20s, and they're both going to be pulling talent from the same region. Right now, yeah, there has I, a, I, I, Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I I completely agree with you. And I and I think that's what leads me into him trying to make an impact on the field, right? Because before the way he's winning recruiting battles in the Pac-12 or even at Texas Tech, right, which isn't recruiting the same level as an Oklahoma or a Texas in that conference. But the way he was winning these battles was by selling opportunity to maybe the unheralded or the overlooked recruit, right? He's recruiting to a system. He's recruiting a certain type of player, right? A, a guy that maybe he doesn't have to battle the, the USC's or the Oregon's or, or the, or the the Stanford's of the world. But now I think that level is the playing field for him a little bit right now. He's going to, um, you know, like you said, combat the old misses for that same type of prospect in the same region. And now he can take it over the top with what he shows on the field. Absolutely. And, and honestly, when I'm looking at these first two classes for both of the coaches, I'm seeing Leach's staff put a little more emphasis in the state of Mississippi than um, Kiffin's right now. I'm not sure what's going on with that, but it, it seems like Mississippi State is recruiting the state a little bit harder. Now, this is not a great year in state, but next year is a very good one, and it lines up pretty good for Mississippi State. But Leach has said over and over since he's been here that he's going to utilize the tools that he has in Mississippi because he's, he recognizes the talent that's come out of the state like Brett Favre and some of the guys I mentioned earlier, Walter Payton, Jerry Rice, Dak Prescott came from Louisiana. He's going to recruit the state of Louisiana. He's going to recruit Alabama. So he wants to recruit this region, and he's also dipping into Florida and Texas. So, um, uh, you know, I, I think the key for him is staying within that 25 to 30 range. Um, we do know that stars matter. We know that there are – players that go unheralded, like you said, and there are players that get overlooked that have done great things. But we do know that the teams that have the best talent usually win. Um, if you have a top 25 roster or top 30 roster, you're in a much better position to be a top 25 team than those that are recruiting outside. So now you add in the fact that you have a top 25, the top 30 roster with one of the better coaches in, in America, a guy that gets more out of that roster, and then you start to see things really – click so I, I think if he recruits some some top-end talent and he has routine classes around that mark and is putting together decent defenses I don't even think the def defenses have to be elite no. uh, if he has they, a, and they, they haven't they 50, haven't been before for him 
and and, and right. he's yeah and he's won games and, and and I think you bring up a great point right if you have that talent the talent crossover you have the those recruiting classes coming in year after year and then you mix in a, a top tier coach which by the way he's proven it right he's he's shown that he can put points up on the board and that he can make things uh, basically out of nothing right and, and and I think now when you when you factor in the fact that the 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 playing field is is leveled in a way in terms of talent discrepancy it's I mean he could be a sleeping giant yeah that, that's what I've been interested I've always wanted to see him inside the SEC uh, I wasn't sure it was going to be at the school I covered but he always comes up for um, he always comes up as a guy that could be in the conversation for one of these coaching jobs in the SEC but it's just never happened now we get Mike Leach in the SEC we get to see the air raid go against SEC defenses on a routine basis and we get to see, a, you know, a Mike Leach coach team that's going to have some really good players in it. And that's not to say his other rosters haven't, but they haven't been top 25 rosters routinely. Um, the Texas Tech roster with Michael Crabtree and those guys might have been one of his better rosters. But um, he's going to have as much talent as he's had on the offensive side of the ball, top to bottom, on Saturday when he coaches state. Right. Mississippi State right now, number 32 in the country in the composite team recruiting rankings, number 10 among SEC schools, but obviously trying to move up and they have a big chance to to make a statement to kick off the season against LSU this Saturday. Robbie, we really appreciate you joining on. Can't wait to do it again. Absolutely, Blair. Appreciate you, man. All right. That is Robbie Falk. He covers Mississippi State for 24-7 Sports, also a contributing writer, Starkville Daily News and the Associated Press. Thank you so much for joining us on this edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Everyone, enjoy week five of the college football season.